Welcome to the Officer Autumn Podcast. I am the host, Autumn Clifford. I'm really excited to have you here as always. If you are enjoying this music or if it's piquing your interest, this is music by One Time Music. Go find him on Instagram. You can go download his music anywhere that you can download music. He is a fellow law enforcement officer. You can listen to the entire song of Baptized in Blue at the end of this podcast episode. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Lady Sheepdog Club. If you are a female first responder craving more education, more training, more support, uh, more mentorship, or you are a future first responder, check out the Lady Sheepdog Club. It's a membership for designed exactly for our women going into law enforcement or who are in law enforcement. Go to ladysheepdog.com for more information. Enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome, welcome. I'm excited to have you here to another episode of the Officer Autumn Show with me, your host, obviously, Autumn. Um, Today, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Could you rate this show if you've enjoyed this or if you listen, get to the end of the show or whatever and you've enjoyed this, could you please give us a rating? I haven't asked for ratings in a couple of years and um, I could surely use your support. It'll uh, boost boost the podcast and get more people um, to see and hear about us, which would be really great for me. So uh, wherever you are, if you could rate this in whatever platform you are listening to this podcast, uh, I would greatly appreciate it. Shout out to our sponsors, which is the Honor the Brave program. If you aren't familiar with them, go follow them on Instagram, go check their website out. It's uh, police officer and his wife and the police officer was uh, injured and uh, in the line of duty and they started this company and it's a program and it's amazing and it literally gives back to military and first responders whenever we buy houses or um, buy or sell them so it's like it's an it's a literal no-brainer you want to get to know them they're a great company so shout out to honor the brave you'll be able to go uh, in my show notes and go check them out Today, what we're going to talk about is I'm pretty deep in my feels. I'll be honest. I was interviewed for a podcast. It's called Chase the Vase. I'm excited, um, excited to share with you when that comes out. I will be sharing it across all my platforms so that you can hear me. Um, but he asked me some like really good questions that got me thinking. And every day um, that I record a podcast, and I've done this from the beginning. Um, We're over 165 episodes, I believe this isn't episode 165, uh, from the life of my podcast. I always sit down and I ask God, the universe, um, what you need to hear. What is it that you need to hear today from me? So just know that every time you're on this show of mine, what you're hearing is by no mistake. You are divinely guided here through whatever power you believe in. And I want you to know that that is how I come up with my content is I always ask that question. And today I'm going to share with you a little bit about about my experience and how I feel um, about women in law enforcement. Now, there's been, you know, I've helped men and I don't, I will never stop helping men. My focus is just meant on mentoring women right now. And we're going to talk about why and why it's so meaningful to me 
and why I stand behind it, even when many people have accused me of being sexist um, or one-sided or, you know, forgetting about my male counterparts. And I just want you to know that I have never and will never forget about males or females if I'm serving one or the other. But I have known for a while that I I needed to be serving the women. And I'm going to share with you why, okay? I started this job when I was 20 years old, okay? And the reason I became a police officer was because I wanted to be a role model. I I'm not going to tell you that I haven't had different role models throughout my life, but I've never had a role model that didn't let me down. One time or another, a role model let me down uh, pretty, you know, drastically. And I just, I grew up, I'm an only child. And I just said to myself, like, fuck, I just want to be that solid woman for the young girl or the young woman who needs me. I just want to be that solid person for her. And I'm not saying I'm nowhere near perfect. I have a lot of flaws. I do make my flaws very public. I'm very honest about them. I'm not trying to be fake. (laughs) You're not going to catch me looking fake or acting fake. It's not, it's not who I am. Go ahead and take a look at all my social medias. Very, very real. And so that is why I became a police officer. During the time that I was a police officer, Uh, I struggled and I struggled with trying to learn how to be a woman in law enforcement. And the reason I struggled was there was nobody for role models for me. And we're going to talk about that because it, it affected me. And I took, when I got on patrol, I took my job very seriously and I took my role as a woman in police work very seriously. And I wanted to be around women who other men respected. There was very clearly um, women who men respected in the job and women who men did not respect in the job. And I, for one, did not want to be a woman that men did not respect. I have, you know, been on the other side of that uh, in my younger years. There was misconceptions. There was bad rumors based off of my actions and being flirtatious when I wasn't trying to be. I have a very bubbly personality or had, and people would misconstrue that. And that is why, you, you know, you get the trainings that I get. And that's why I go public and I say the shit that I say, like, like because I've been there, <laughs> I've done it. I know the repercussions and I know that there's a lot of girl gang um, within the, you know, law enforcement um, realm in there. Like, you know, Autumn, like you're fucking bashing us for being beautiful. You're bashing us for being feminine. You're ba- and it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I just am telling you right now what that kind of thing brings and what that, you know, what that brings to us, you know, as a culture and law enforcement. And I know that firsthand. So you can get mad at me. You can do, you know, you can judge me, you can all the things, but this is my story and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's that. So as I tell you this story, please understand this is the basis of it. I had nobody. I literally had nobody. Okay. And I made a lot of dumb decisions because I had nobody. Then when I got on patrol, I said, okay, because I worked, um, I worked for a while before patrol 
and I was a transport deputy slash, um, a, a, you'd call it, it was court security deputy, but you can call it a judicial marshal if you want. It's the same thing. But I was a deputy. And so I said to my FTO, I said, hey, listen, like, I know there's like female cops that like you guys respect and like, you know, women that you don't respect, like, who do you respect? And we, in the area and um, being in Maine, it's very, very like policing is a very small community because I think we only have like, there's like a thousand or so in the entire state, right? So like, we know everybody. We all go to the exact same academy. We all know everybody. And if I don't know who you are, I've heard about you. And if I haven't, somebody very close to me has. This is just how it is. So in my FTO, somebody who I very much respect to this day, um, this guy, he he really taught me a lot. And he, he he's old school and he had been on the job for like 13 years um, and prior to me getting with him on FTO. And so he had been around a lot you know, a while and knew everybody. And he really did. He knew everybody. (laughs) So, um, you know, he told me and I went and I studied these women. I literally would study them. I would go on ride alongs with them. I would interview them. I would spend time with them. I paid attention to how they acted, how they conducted themselves. I paid attention to like when they were doing things that I was like, whoa, what are you doing? And I paid attention to, you know, when they were very well put together, when they really just came off like they handled their shit. I paid attention to their confidence. I paid attention to when they, you know, when they knew what they were doing and they knew where they were in their lane. Like I just paid attention to it all. And I also paid attention to the women that the men did not respect. Okay. And I took a lot of notes. And that really was you know, that was my basis, plus along with my experiences um, on how I kind of started mentoring women. And the reason, you know, I feel so deeply about this is because the job is different for us. And not only not only with that, because like men, you, you can come into the job and you can pick a fucking, pick someone to look up to. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of men and you know, I'm not going to say there's a bunch of squared away men, but there are some and there's more obviously squared away men than there are women in the job. So you have like a less hard time. You know what I mean? It's a less harder of a time for you. Um, and that's fine. Like, don't think I'm bitching, whining or complaining. I'm just stating facts are facts. And I think that's another thing that like, I just want to reiterate and it's a whole different podcast episode and I'll, I'll, I probably will do it next week, but like, we're not victims. I'm not a victim. I'm a woman. I chose to come into this profession and I'm not a fucking victim. And it doesn't matter all the shit that has happened to me. You could look at me like I'm a victim. There's been a lot of things that have happened. I choose not to look at myself that way. And I would just encourage you as a woman um, to not look at yourself that way. Or even if a man's listening to this, like w- w- choose not to be a victim of your circumstances, no matter what they are. I just choose to educate. I just choose to say the truth and say and talk about my experiences and help women the way that I know how I helped myself make a good reputation for myself and be solid and be the girl that, you know, I still get calls. I get texts. I get emails for from agencies today. Like I still get job opportunities. And that says something. That says something. Okay. Um, so if, cause if I was a mess, nobody'd want me, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I wanted to talk about this today. And so 
I want to talk to you about a situation that happened. So, and what really solidified me wanting to come and and be a mentor. And I'm hoping this is going to resonate with you because if it hasn't yet, it could, you know, eventually like happen to you. And I don't want it to, but I want to talk about it. So I've talked to you in the past about how like I've definitely been like harassed. I've definitely been spoken to in ways that definitely I would say were inappropriate um, and how I've had to handle that and stuff. So, but this isn't that per se. I'm going to tell you about a situation. The day that I knew, the day that I knew I wanted more than just policing. It was back in 2014 and I had just done, so we had a call. Um, I was working evenings I could have even been on a double. So that had been a, th- a second, third double. I was known to do a lot of doubles because I would swap with like different guys so that we would have three days. I really believe in a three day off schedule for cops because the first day you're never even off, right? So I really believe in the four and three schedule. We worked a four and two. And so what I would do is I would work three days a week. And what I would do is or my work week. And um, on one of those days, I would work a 16 hour day um, so that I could have three days off. And then I would have somebody do the exact same for me. And it really worked out. So I, I, I'm on, I'm probably on a second, third double. And so I'm already pissed, right? Like we're all, <laughs> whatever. And it's raining and a tractor trailer or a truck or some fucking thing uh, runs into a fire hydrant, okay? And and it knocks the fire hydrant over and there's water spouting everywhere, okay? So the dispatcher comes over the air and is like, you know, headquarters 31, 10-3, go to this call, go to this crash, you know, what I just told you happened and a fire hydrant has been tipped over, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I said 10-4. I'm on my way over and I start going through. So I'm going through the checklist in my head. This is what officers do. So it's not that complicated to be an officer. Um, when the, when it's like a lot of like low stress calls, it gets very complicated when it's high stress and we have to make a decision right then, right there. That's where the complicated shit comes in. Everything else really is pretty basic and everything is like a checklist. And it doesn't much vary, in my opinion, from situation to situation. It's like, okay, is this, did this happen? Then we do this. Did this happen? Then we do this. Did this happen? Then we do this. And like, that's just kind of how it goes. So I'm going through my list in my head of like, okay, I've never dealt with this before. So here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. I'm going to have to fucking block traffic. Man, I really think I really could use FD because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not going to be able to go stop like the fire hydrant. That's like totally their realm. So like I just simply said 3-1 headquarters. Did, did you happen to dispatch FD? And they the dispatcher, this old crusty fucking son of a bitch, he hated, he hated me. He hated me. I think he didn't like, he does not like women, period. But um he definitely didn't like me. <laughs> and it, let me just say, if you don't like strong-willed women, then yeah, probably don't like me. Because <laughs> I don't know if they come much more strong-willed than I do. But so anyways, he is so mad because he feels like I just questioned 
his like authority or questioned his ability to do his fucking job. And it really wasn't that for me. It was going through a checklist in my head. I didn't know. He did not tell me. Nobody fucking told me I'm going code, which means lights and sirens. I have no fucking idea if he contacted FD or not. Right. So the call, so he's pissed and I get the, I get the mic click, the typical dispatch fucking, you know, just a whatever, which I'm pissed about. I'm like going through the fucking roof because there's nothing worse than I hate is a fucking inadequate, lazy dispatcher. There's nothing I hate more. And I'm going to tell you why. I know that job is hard. You want to know how I know that is because I used to have to fucking dispatch. I, at, at the beginning of my career, I had to do that in order to pass FTO. And then when, before I got injured or while I was injured, I was dispatching and we would have to dispatch. An officer would have to rotate my entire career on thirds. A dispatcher, I mean, a, an officer would have to rotate the dispatch if dispatch was short. Okay. And that happened a lot, especially on like in like the winter. And so I have experience and quite a bit of it, more than I would ever want of dispatching. Like I have experience of that. And so I know it's it's not a good job because you want to fall asleep. You're bored. You're sitting there. You're like, oh my God. And then other days you're so busy, like you don't even know which way is up. And I get that. And I respect that. But here's the thing. We do have a lot of lazy motherfuckers who are dispatchers because let's be honest, who else wants that job? And I'm not trying, we do have some great ones. Okay. But I'm telling you right now that there are a lot of lazy ones and lazy dispatchers fuck us bad. I'm going on a tangent about dispatchers. No offense. I mean, I have a lot of friends that are dispatchers. And, you know, I I make it very public. Like on Dispatchers Day, like on my social media profile, I always say, if you are a good dispatcher, happy Dispatchers Week. But if you suck, quit. (laughs) Because... It is so frustrating. There's so much. That's a whole different fucking rant. But anyways, so this fucking guy goes and tells my sergeant about basically how I undermined him and don't trust him to do his job and how I, whatever. My fucking sergeant displaying awful leadership calls me and essentially reams me the fuck out and is like, you have undermined um, so like so-and-so, which is the dispatcher's names, like authority and you, his ability to do his job. And like, he knew he was calling FD. There was no need of you to do that. I'm like thinking, oh, really, really? Because how many times have we done that? How many times is the officer like, hey, did you do this? Hey, can, hey, did you send, uh, you know, an ambulance? Hey, did you send rescue? Hey, did, is FD coming? Hey, you gotta send a tow truck? Hey, right? A lot. But because it was me and it was this particular situation, I got my, I got in trouble and, and I'll never forget that, obviously. I mean, this happened fucking 2014, okay? And we're in 2022. So, (laughs) you know, like I've, I can remember as clear as day because I didn't deserve what I got. That night they all had dinner at the police department and they kept me on the road and they kept me on the road on fucking purpose, if you know what I mean. Okay. They kept me busy on purpose. They didn't want me at the PD. And that dispatcher would ask me to go and pick him up his food and all that stuff. And believe me, if I didn't do it, they'd be held to pay. That's not right. Okay. That's not right. I had nobody to talk to about it. None. Because the women that were at this police department were so fucked in the head. It's not even funny because they got beat down. 
and they didn't have anybody and they their they didn't like their self-worth they did not value their self-worth the way that i valued my self-worth i mean this police department had five women and i'll tell you right now in the history of that department no woman has gotten higher than corporal corporal listen there's some dumb motherfuckers in their leadership right now and they're males there's just no need of this okay so does sexism exist yes it does i don't care what anybody says now i think it should just be the best person male or female doesn't fucking matter for the position but that's not how some places the majority of places see things right now so it is my job to teach you as a woman how to be the absolute best officer you could possibly be how to survive this career, how to have the best mindset so that there is no other option there. You are the best candidate for the position. That's why I come down on, you know, my social media talks about being squared away. That's why I come down and sit on these women and say, get the fuck out of the bikini all over your social media. Okay. Because people are watching you. And if you want to move up, that could prohibit you. Each department is different, you know, whatever. And so that's why I do what I do is because that was the night that I called my mother, obviously, who else am I going to call? Crying in my, in my patrol car parked in the Shaw's parking lot, which is, um, like a Costco. It's a, it's a, um, grocery store. And I'm crying. I'm parked over in this corner and I'm crying and I'm telling her, I said, mom, I just can't fucking do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. Like I didn't deserve that. And again, listen, there was a whole lot more stuff that was com- compounded onto this. Cause like, there's like, you guys are like autumn, really? That's all that happened. And you're that upset. But if you, you, you can understand that it, it's always more compounded. But like, when you understand that this dispatcher continuously gave me shit, I was being excluded from, you know, um, dinners, um, like, uh, shift dinners, that sergeant had, didn't even listen to my side. It didn't even see it from my side. And he just fucking came down on me because he's buddy buddies with a dispatcher. And I felt excluded and I felt very targeted and yeah. And I just was like, you know what? But, but this is not like, I'm not the only one. And that night I I said to my mother, I said, okay, mom, like I can't do this anymore. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to write a book. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm going to write a book. And she's like, okay, what are you going to write a book about? (laughs) I'm going to write a book. So I want every female cop to never have to go through this shit again. Like I don't want, I don't want any woman, male, female, doesn't matter. Like I don't want anybody to go through that. And the fact is, is I can't stop that. But, but I can tell you that you're not alone. And I can tell you that I feel your pain. And while I probably don't know the exact situation that you're going through, I want you to know that somebody, another woman does. And it is very important to me that you know that there are women who have your back, who genuinely will just have your fucking back, who just not going to talk shit about you, who's not threatened by you, none of that. Because she's over here working on her own stuff. You know, I created, I have a women's membership club. It was formerly known as the Lady Sheepdog Club, but we are going through a complete up-level rebrand. And um, anyways, it's, it's filled with women from across the country and Canada, police officers and future police, like, like ones going through the process. And these women are some of the most supportive, badass women I've ever met. And I'm, they're not bullshit women. I mean, we got canine handlers in there. We got a sergeant in there. I mean, we got, we got girls like 
serious city cops in there. You know, we got girls doing big things and they fucking build each other up. And that's why I, I created that is because if I, I wish I could, I could have had that spot to be able to be like, guys, this is what just happened. I'm ready to flip the fuck out. What did I do wrong? And to have like a group of women that I respect because they're cops and like they're cool and they're working on being squared away and like all the things that, to have my back. I felt like that would have really, really helped me in many situations. Right. And so that's why I'm here. And I don't know. I, I just want you to know that it is hard to be a woman in this job. Like straight up. We're not victims. We talked about it, but it's hard. It's hard. It is hard. You know, um, you get a new hairstyle. They're all going to talk about it. You fucking get a new boyfriend. <laughs> they're all going to talk about it. Um, you do anything different. They're going to talk about it. Like it's just it's just the way that it is. And, and, and some of it is fine. Some of it's fine. You really, there's some agencies. I do get comments from women who are like, no, like they just feel like my, they literally just feel like my, um, my family, like my brothers. And I'm like, that is that honestly, that is so awesome. But then there's a lot of women who are like, I feel like I just got fed to the wolves. These fuckers hate me. Like nothing I'm doing is working. Like, what do I do? And I just want to tell you that I'm here for both of those women um, and that I I get it. I don't have all your answers, but what I do have um, are a set of skills, these skills. You guys remember that from uh, Taken, <laughs> Liam Nelson? Okay. Um, but what I do offer and what I'm, I'm just preaching continuously is to get your shit together and be the best, most squared away, well put together Um beast of an officer that you can be. Be educated. Go above and beyond everybody else. Do everything you can do because you want to do it. Be who you are, you know? Be the badass you are. Don't let them beat that out of you and um, and you're going to be fine, you know? I always want to just highlight, and I talked about this today on that other podcast I was interviewed on, but I, I just, I'm going to probably talk about it every single podcast episode is happiness over everything. Don't ever forget that. Don't forget why you started this fucking job. And don't forget that your number one job in life is to be happy. God did not put us here on this fucking earth for all of us to be miserable. I'm telling you right now. And if that triggers you, that's your own shit. You might want to take a look in the mirror and figure out why that bothers you. Okay? Happiness over everything. That's going to go on my tombstone. (laughs) I hope this was helpful. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, If you want to be a part of that membership club, which is currently called Lady Sheepdog, but won't be for much longer, I'm going to put the link below. Don't forget to check out Honor the Brave. And if you have not rated us or if you haven't in a while, can you please go back and wherever you're listening to this, can you give us a rating? It'd be just so good. Um, Or a review or whatever the fuck you call it. I really appreciate that. That is how this podcast is going to grow. Share this if you liked it. Come see me on the socials, Officer Autumn, anywhere you can find me. And I will see you next week. They buried me in the water and I came out new. <laughs> now I'm baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. I'm a world and never quit. I refuse to lose. I got heart and I got gritty. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue
Family, country, and town The media don't cover us huh. Well, maybe Fox, cause MSNBC and CNN Surely don't care about cops Politicians more concerned about protecting the legals That are laying the law down And protecting the people Let me get off my soapbox Before I curse I don't see way too many cops Riding in hearse Well, I wouldn't expect you to understand What I do, only the thin blue light Cause they baptized in blue uh. I'm a fighter when I never quit, I refuse to lose. I got hard and I got gritty. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a warrior. Just been baptized in blue. I'm a fighter. I'm gonna complete it if that means being deleted I live with the credence I do this for the combat vets and Leos When I'm suited, ready to go It's either friend or foe Only Lord knows what my future's in store I only kill with the hope to see more So God don't close that door If I take a life, it's him or me with the host to survive, not big a tree. I go in situations that you cannot imagine. Deal with things that you cannot fathom. No, it buts or rather. I'd rather fight for cause than live for nothing. So when you read my headstone, you know I died for something. You hypersensitive, she complained by justified force. You blame the cops first, that don't work, you blame the courts. But I wouldn't expect you to understand what I do. Only the thin blue line, cause they baptized in blue. Oh, I'm a fighter. When I never quit, I refuse to lose I got hard and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue I'm a fighter, never win or never quit I refuse to lose I got hard and I got gritty, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue, I'm a warrior Just been baptized in blue, uh.